Chris Ducker or Pat Flynn? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that hurts. That hurts. Um, Chris Ducker. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain. What has been the biggest positive change in podcasting over the past two years? What's the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? And what do you think is going to be the biggest change in podcasting over the next two years? Those are just three of the questions that I'm going to be asking today's special guest, John Lee Dumas. John, good to have you on DMR. David, I am stoked to be here. And with those questions, I am prepared to ignite, my friends. Wonderful. (laughs) John Lee Dumas is the founder and host of Entrepreneur on Fire, a top-ranked podcast named Best in iTunes 2013. John interviews today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week and has been featured in both Time and Inc. magazine and is founder of Podcasters Paradise, a community where podcasters can create, grow and monetize their podcast. Entrepreneur on Fire generates over 550,000 unique downloads a month with past guests such as Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk and Guy Kawasaki. Recaps of the 650 plus episodes and much more can be found at eofire.com. My industry sector. John, you've been recognized as one of the industry-leading experts on podcasting as a business. What do you think has been the biggest positive change in podcasting over the past two years since you got started? Without a doubt, David, it has been the majority of the population utilizing smartphones. It has been such a game changer when we went from 49% to 51% of people actually having a computer in their pocket literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they can whip it out. They can listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. They can listen to your show. And it's streaming and it's on demand. Biggest game changer that I've seen. It's absolutely incredible, the move to mobile. I had a look at um, some stats recently, and apparently over the last five months, the number of searches done on Google search, um, desktop search, has decreased for the past five months. And that's just never happened before. It peaked about five months ago, apparently. Wow, that's fascinating information. I'm always looking towards mobile and just seeing my numbers within Libsyn where you can host your media files for your podcast and they keep really incredible stats. All I see is that piece of that pie growing in the mobile section and decreasing in everything else. Okay, so you mentioned Libsyn there. They're obviously you know, a really renowned podcast audio host. Um, I also see you using SoundCloud, the SoundCloud audio player. Um, do you have a preference there? Are you still swaying towards Libsyn in terms of audio hosting? Absolutely. For actually hosting your audio file, I love Libsyn. I've been with them for a number of years now, and I host all nine of my podcasts um, within Libsyn as we speak. And SoundCloud's amazing, and they're both a directory and a media host, so you can have your files hosted at SoundCloud and also use them as a storefront, whereas places like iTunes and Stitcher Radio, those are just directories. You can't actually host your files with them. So a lot of people think that, oh yeah, I'm just going to launch a podcast with iTunes and you know upload my media files to them. It's like, that's not how it works. You need an actual media host. SoundCloud can make that happen for you. Um, we actually recently had the VP of SoundCloud 
on an, on an interview within Podcasters Paradise, and they're really doing some cool things moving towards podcasting because they're seeing the value there. They're still in beta mode, um, but they're still doing some great things. So I love utilizing them as an actual directory, as a storefront, so to speak. But to me, Libsyn just does it right when it comes to hosting your media files. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I've certainly used Libsyn quite a bit in the past as well. Um, I was actually on that um, webinar that you had um, with um, SoundCloud. And Jamie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I've got a, a SoundCloud Pro account now, and I'm going to be um, hosting this particular file on SoundCloud. So I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes, how that um, turns out. Definitely know a lot of people, Lewis House, Pat Flynn, a couple really big names who have jumped to SoundCloud. And I've heard zero complaints from them. You know, they're friends. They would definitely complain to me if there were something to complain about. So I think you'll have nothing to worry about. You know, for human beings, David, uh, you know, we struggle against change sometimes. And for me, you know, Libsyn's like the comfortable old chair that I can settle into every night. And, you know, SoundCloud's that new edgy type thing that I see the opportunity. But, um, you know, I'm just going to let them figure things out a little bit before I take that plunge. Absolutely. Understandable. So obviously you've been letting it rip um, on Entrepreneur on Fire for the last two years or so. Um, but if you knew what you know now, two years ago, what do you think you would have actually done differently? It's a great question. I mean, for me, when I got into the industry two years ago, I was clueless. I was naive. I had no experience in online entrepreneurship. I had no experience in um, broadcasting and hosting. I didn't know how to, I knew how to press play on a podcast, but nothing else. Like if you had told me in September when I launched Entrepreneur on Fire that a year later I will, I would have launched what is now the, the largest and you know most successful podcasting community in the world, I would have said, you're crazy. Like I barely know how to podcast myself, but if you want to be David, do. And, and obviously when you do a seven day a week podcast, that's all you're doing is you're, you're podcasting. So I was really doing that thing. Um, but you know, one thing that I really would go back and change, um, is I had a gap of about eight months in my entrepreneurial journey without a mentor. And I think that was a really big mistake. I had Jamie Tardy right from day one with me for the first three months of my journey. And that was such a critical move on my part. But then after our three months of mentorship ended, I kind of just let that drift away and I didn't get out there and find another mentor until, again, eight months later, I was able to have a conversation with Lewis Howes. I saw that he could be of incredible value to me as a mentor. I made that big ask and it was an investment to make for sure. His time is very valuable and I realized that and I was willing to invest in that time value exchange, but it was almost immediate when I had that mentorship back in place after eight months of nothing that I started seeing huge strides happening in my business with doing live webinars to, to sell podcasters paradise and then creating webinar on fire off of the success I was having on those webinars. And, and those two things have turned into the biggest revenue ge generators for entrepreneur on fire, all because I had a mentor that was able to be outside of my little bubble, my little box looking in and being like, Hey, it's so obvious to me uh, that you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing it? And you know what's obvious to people from the outside looking in sometimes isn't obvious to people that are just nose to the grindstone every day. It became obvious to me when they brought it up. And I was like, man, what else did I miss in these eight months of not having a mentor? So 
I'll never not have a mentor from this day forward. Right. Okay. So having a mentor important. Is it important to meet that men- mentor face to face? And um, also in terms of time scales, how often do you talk to that mentor? Once a week? Is that enough for someone to have a mentor? I think it's absolutely not important to meet them face to face, especially this day and age, you know, jumping on a Google Hangout and having the video on. I mean, to me, that's even more effective than meeting face to face because all we have is time, David. And if I have to, you know, interrupt an entire day to go somewhere to sit down at a coffee place or whatever it might be, it's just not effective as just, you know, flipping on right at the top of the hour, uh, our, my webcam, getting into a Google Hangout, having that intimate conversation with them. I do think it has to be weekly at a minimum. I like between a 20 to 30 minutes mentorship mentee call every single week with in reasonable email access throughout, following up on things, asking questions. Like, you know, for me, it was really about perfecting that webinar. So I would send Lewis little snippets that I had changed along the webinar for his feedback along the week. And then during that 20 or 30 minute call, it would just be all business, all focus in that really short amount of time. Okay, so that's how you're building a successful business at the moment. But what do you think is going to be the biggest change in podcasting over the next two years or so? So we're definitely going to continue to go towards mobile for sure. In fact, I think it's going to get to the point where it's in the 80 or 90 percentile of people that are actually consuming audio podcasts are consuming them on mobile devices, whatever that might be. And hearing that Apple's actually making the podcasting app native, they just bought Swell, which is going to really help their user interface, which I think is really exciting. Um, Apple, Google, uh, Android Auto, Stitcher, they're all going to the dashboards of cars. So you're going to be seeing podcasting just completely taking over, in my opinion, traditional forms of media. I mean, you know, out the window is going to go um, radio, out the window is going to go serious because now you're going to have people that can choose to listen to what they want, when they want to, completely for free with no barrier whatsoever. Why would they not choose that? If they want to listen to music, boom, there's Spotify, there's Pandora, there's whatever they want. If they want to listen to um, some history shows, boom, there's Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. If they want to listen to business, there's obviously some great options. If they want to listen to a fitness show, it's right there, and it's on demand, and it's free, and it's great, passionate content. Um, If I was any other form of media but podcasting right now, I'd definitely be nervous. Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Significantly impact the success of my business is the right phrase. If you took away this piece of software, David, it's called Schedule Once. It is the tool that I use to book everything that I do in my life. Every single interview for Entrepreneur on Fire is booked on Schedule Once with a very specific link. Another link within Schedule Once books all of my interviews on other shows. Another link books me, books my mentees that I have for my coaching sessions. Another one books um, my different interviews for other podcasts on certain times and days. And it's all automatic. There's no back and forth email. There's nothing lost in translation. Schedule Once does it all for you. And if they start to go out of business, I'm going to see if I can buy that company because I never <laughs> want them to leave. Best advice I've ever received. What is the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? The best piece that I've ever received is to, first of all, listen to your audience when you release that digital product and really, really ask for that advice. Like, get out there and say, listen, I know that you you like it, you bought it, you haven't returned it yet, but what do you not like about it? What can be made better? 
and take all of that advice and start implementing it immediately. And that's the beautiful thing about the, the day and time that we live in, David. You can adjust, you can pivot so quickly in so many different directions that if you are always being open to that income to that incoming advice, you're always going to keep that product cutting edge. And that's exactly what's happened with both Podcasters Paradise and Webinar on Fire. That's allowed us to continue to to grow this community instead of letting it stagnate and die. Right. Okay. So, do you think you've you've always done that, or has there been a time when perhaps you haven't listened to your audience prior to actually launching something, doing something, and learning that lesson yourself by not doing it correctly to begin with? I have a great uh, example of that, and it's the previous iteration of Podcasters Paradise, which is called, or was called, because I put it to bed, Pod Platform, where that was kind of my first idea. I was like, okay, I get this podcasting thing. What if I created a, a business that just said, hey, you record your audio, you send it to my team, my team does all the rest. You know, We edit it, we add the intros, the outros, we splice in any sponsorships you might have, we upload it to our own media host, so you know, part of the plan is gonna be us hosting your media file. You know, then we submit it to the directories and all that stuff. And I thought that that was a direction that could be a very successful business. And I launched it really without interacting or engaging or asking any potential clients about it. And so the first few people that came on, they just had a completely different mindset than what I thought they were gonna have. And it really quickly became obvious to me that this was not a sustainable model. And this was not the kind of business that I wanted to create and run at all. So I you know, very quickly put it to bed because it wasn't for me, but the huge mistake there, and there was a lot of time, energy, effort, and money put into leading up to it, was that I didn't ask for beta testers. I didn't go out and really talk to who would be my avatars, my perfect users of this product, of this service, and it ended up being a massive mistake, a massive waste of time. And if I had done that, I would have launched Podcasters Paradise much earlier, you know, which is now a community that generates you know, between $150,000 to $200,000 of revenue every single month. And I gave that time away. So Podcasters Paradise is obviously doing really, really well for you. What marketing activity is working best for you at the moment? So by far, and this is not even a close second, the marketing activity that's working best for us are our live uh, podcast workshops that we host every single Wednesday at noon Pacific time. Rain or shine, and it's always shine here in San Diego, but we are having this live free podcast workshop where Anybody can just come and they can jump on this call. They can jump on this Google Hangout. It's it's YouTube Live, so I mean it's just streaming to the world. And there's a chat room and then there's me on video taking 45 minutes to an hour and just delivering value on podcasting every single week. Just focus on delivering value. Then at the end of that workshop, I say, hey, those, those of you that are still here, you're obviously enjoying this content. If you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, if you're really looking to create, grow, and monetize, here's Podcasters Paradise, a community of over 1,200 people. Let me take you inside. And I show them everything we have with the 200-plus video tutorials, all the past webinars that we've done with like Ramit, um, Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield. And you know, then I show them the the communities like the private facebook groups and the forums and everything else and i say if you guys want to join today here's a massive discount for you right here live on the call that goes away as soon as this call is over so i build in a lot of scarcity and we do prizes and giveaways and we have fun and every single week we're doing between 25 to upwards of 40 sales on that live webinar which is accounting david for 87 percent of the overall sales for podcasters paradise people 
aren't spending $1,200 for lifetime access to Podcasters Paradise on an actual sales page because that's just, just too much for them to make that commitment on just a sales page. But if they spent an hour with me, if I've answered their questions, if I've engaged with them, if I've built relationship and rapport and trust, they're taking action on that. And the beautiful thing that's spun out of that, David, is we've had such success with these live webinars every single week. People start asking us, how do you do, web how do, you do webinars like this? How do you create and present a webinar that actually converts on the level that you're doing it? And that spun off a whole new community, a whole new product, which is Webinar on Fire, how to do just that, create and present a webinar that converts. And that is doing over $20,000 in sales every single month, which again, we do most of those sales on a live webinar workshop. So by far, webinars to me is the most powerful way to engage an audience, to market to that audience, to build a rapport with that audience, and then to convert that audience into a product or service that you've created for people that want to take things to the next level. So do you think pre-recorded webinars work as well, or does it have to be live webinars? Pre-recorded webinars definitely work, and there's a lot of examples out there. James Webmore, Amy Porterfield, Rick Mulready, they do recorded webinars, and you know what? They work. They work because they're delivering great content, they're delivering great value, and people like that webinar presentation type atmosphere. It's just like an event. Do they work as, uh, as well as live webinars? I don't believe so. Because on my live webinars, and this is why I take my time every week to do live webinars, I engage people. I'm like, hey, David Baines in the house. Welcome, my friend. Can I answer any questions for you before we get started here in this little 15-minute pre-chat? And then I answer every single person's question that's still around at the end of the webinar to remove any final barriers that may happen. Being able to, number one, engage you, an attendee that's live, and build up a little bit of rapport because, you know, I'm saying, you know, David, where are you from? Like, oh, yeah, like, I love that area. Like, I've been there once in my life or whatever. Like, how's the weather? Whatever that might be, building even that little rapport for a second is such a game changer because that person's brain clicks and they say, wow, like John's here, he's engaged, he's obviously going to be engaged in this community podcast as paradise, I want to be involved in it. And then that's just like an easy correlation. And then at the end of the webinar, there's so many people that are just close to pulling that trigger, they just have one more barrier that needs to be removed. And if it's a recorded webinar, you don't know what that barrier is going to be. You can answer those frequently asked questions and nail it and, and, do, and do well. But those people that really are there and really answer those questions directly remove those final barriers to me you know that's always good for a handful of sales at the end which is really important the this or that round this is the quick response round 10 quick questions try not to think about the answer too much i'm just looking for your gut reaction ready to go yeah all right email or twitter email audio or video audio affiliates or display advertising affiliates facebook or google plus Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one. -on -one. Paid, paid search or SEO? Uh, SEO. E email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And finally, Chris Ducker or Pat Flynn? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that hurts. That hurts. Um, Chris Ducker. Oh. <laughs> I answered. I ask everyone that same question. I'm not sure why that was um, so uh, difficult for you. No, <laughs> no, th oh. no. Oh. thanks, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do want to... 
<laughs> I didn't want to change one of my answers. Oh, right. Definitely display ads over, um, what was the other one besides display ads? Affiliates or display advertising. Yeah, yeah. I, I said affiliates, but like I really I really meant paid, ad, paid ads. Okay, okay, that's great. It's my in, only change. It's interesting to see what people's gut reaction is because um, perhaps you get a more honest answer there, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Let's move on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the first few days of next week on one single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Digital marketing activity. Um, I would throw a telesummit and I would, you know, reach out and I would basically make incredible prizes and amazing giveaways to really make the attendance as exciting as possible because people knew that they were going to get in here and have the opportunity to win some really cool things with this $10,000. And of course, I would, some of that 10000 spend would go towards just creating the entire environment that would make it flawless and really professional. Reach out to you know people who I respected in the space that I knew would deliver great value. And I would throw a massive telesummit um, with that $10,000. Interesting. So content value social rather than actually direct advertising, just lumping it all on that. Totally. Wow. Okay. Um, so um, what are the main metrics that you actually keep an eye on on a weekly basis to measure how your marketing activities are performing? Definitely email is huge. Um, we really focus on that. And with our marketing activities, when we do these weekly webinars, both for podcast workshop and we do t uh, two a month for the webinar workshop, we really keep an eye on the webinar opt-ins. You know, how many people are opting in, where they're opting in from. We've actually just implemented a great tool called Call Loop where people can actually, um, you know, can basically submit their email if they want to and they'll get a message that says, hey, We'd love to send you a text and or call reminder right before the webinar starts. And that's like, going to be taking things to the next level. So I've been like recording voicemails that I'm going to be sending to people and, and writing out text message sequences that are going to happen because, again, it's kind of going back to mobile. But um, my um, friend, Greg Hickman, who's my mobile advisor for Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, he shares some great stats where like 90% of text messages are read within the first 30 seconds of them being received. And like, I know for a fact, when I get a text message, I can't not look, but you better believe that I go, you know, sometimes blocks of 10 hours without opening my email because I know that, you know, what a crap show is going to be inside. So I'm all about this kind of new form of, of text, of voice, you know, being able to send a voicemail reminder or just even a hello to people that are part of, um, you know, my, my contacts within that. So definitely email capture, both for our main list and for webinars. My number one takeaway. You've offered a lot of great advice um, in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? It's so simple, but it's so effective. You, you are 100% the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, Jim Rohn. If you are not happy right now with where you're at in your business, in your life, it's because you need to look around at those five people and say, well, you know, this is where they're at in their life. And, you know, it's not always easy to, to end relationships or to lessen the amount of time you're spending. But if you do want to bring things to that next level, you need to start spending the majority of your time with five people who are there, who are going to bring your average to that next level. And that's the number one takeaway that I've gotten over the 675 plus episodes of Entrepreneur on Fire and something that I definitely took to heart and live with every week. Excellent. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and, and what you do? 
Sure. EOFire.com is where all the magic happens, David. And of course, if anybody's listening and they're like, wow, I love what Dave is doing with all these sound effects and it sounds pretty <laughs> cool to potentially have a show. Um, we do a free live podcast workshop every single week where you can learn a ton more. I actually give away on that live webinar my book, Podcast Launch, which is the top-ranked book in Amazon on podcasting, and it's for you free if you come to the uh, to the workshop. So come claim your spot at an upcoming workshop at podcastersparadise.com. Excellent. And we're also going to be adding your Entrepreneur on Fire video, The Journey, inside this week's edition of Digital Marketing Radio oh, Magazine. Cool. So our listeners can find out more about you there. So wonderful so, again. Yeah, thanks Sam, for joining us and DMR, John. Um, David, it has been a blast. You're a host with the most. Thank you. Catch you on side B. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio, that yeah.